This week we looked at editing and the, the principles and techniques that, that relate to cutting your film together. We started off by thinking about the difference between story and plot. So story is what you're telling. It's a, a series of events that happened over a, a, a period of time. The plot is how you approach telling that story. So it's the, the sort of techniques um, that you employ in, within the editing to, I say, sort of um, present that, that story to your audience. Okay, if you think of editing in terms of a, a language, then you, you could also think of an individual shot as a, as a word or words, and the, the edit as you, or as you sort of um, cut your film together, that would be the prose. So this is, um, say, uh, if you wanted to kind of relate it to a more as a written language. We use the term um, continuity editing, and as I just mentioned, because you're, you're telling a story which is you know, a sequence of events that happened across a timeline. So, so when we're approaching editing, although, of course, editing, we, we, we don't have to present those events as they happen. We can um, present them out of sequence. Of course, flashbacks is a very common approach. But ultimately, we are telling a story. We're telling you know, something that happened. And that has to make sense ultimately to an audience and things we do still have to respect the, I suppose, the, the kind of the physics of, of, um, of, uh, of telling a story, or at least, um, as I say, the, the approach we use, which is, and most, most films do use, um, I say, what's, what's known as continuity editing. Another term we, we thought about, or we, we looked at is uh, mise-en-scene, which, obviously uh, French, which means literally kind of within the frame. And uh, so mise-en-scene, so it is a very important concept when you're starting to edit or you're sort of thinking about editing. And the, the idea or the, the theory behind mise-en-scene is everything that's placed within the frame and is, is, is there by, um, you know, by design. No, nothing is sort of placed there by accident. And everything within the frame gives some sort of information or clue or something to the audience. Okay. So that uh, mise-en-scene, so it, it kind of, I say, encapsulates everything within the frame, and that would include, so not just your actors, what they're doing, you know, how they're dressed. It's also um, how the, the scene is set, so it's kind of lighting, props, um, framing, so it's everything. And then when you're editing, and so you're putting different shots together, or even different scenes together, it's just thinking how those uh, individual mise-en-scene would uh, relate to each other, and if that kind of works in terms of a, a sequence. And of course, when you're cutting, it's important to think that it's maybe not um, just sort of uh, similarities you're looking for, or things to kind of match within the frame. It's also sometimes you're, you're pointing out differences as well. So it's, it's kind of a, the negative and the, the positive. So just a few basics to editing them. So by far the most common edit is the straight cut, so it's literally um, the frame of uh, the sort of um, shot A ends and then the, the first frame of shot B begins. So um, there's nothing, um, no gap, there's nothing um, fancy between them. You, uh, I mean, you generally, if it's action, you generally cut on action, okay? Just um, because that seems to be the most kind of natural and it, it you know, um, certainly the kind of least, least jarring to an audience. Of course, as ever, you know, these are just rules which um, are there to be broken. The um, thinking about 
So inserts, a difference between inserts and cutaways. So there's a, a slight difference there. So within a scene, um, we would, if we're um, so cutting to a, maybe a close-up of a, a prop or, or something or a, a, an object, um, that would be an insert. So an insert is, is cutting to something that's, that's within the scene, so it's already within that um, um, kind of setting. A cutaway would be cutting away to uh, a separate location and then coming back, so it's, it's moving kind of out of that scene. And if anyone watches Family Guy, obviously that's a great example of, of use of the cutaway um, in a very sort of funny way. The, uh, so jump cuts and smash cuts then, so moving on from kind of straight cut. So jump cut, uh, and you may hear, or at least um, people might sort of use these terms in slightly different ways, but essentially jump cut is still within the same scene, but you're just um, sort of essentially removing um, kind of the bits of that scene that you don't need or you don't want. So it sort of, it gives the effect of jumping ahead in time. So it can, you know, it can kind of save screen time, but also um, in terms of telling story, there, there might be a reason to, to, to jump ahead. A smash cut is really when you, as I just mentioned, so most of the time you're, you're trying to make cuts seem natural and essentially invisible to an audience. We don't, we don't kind of want to sort of bring them out of the story and be thinking about the editing unless it's a smash cut. And that's when you, you do want the cut to be sort of very jarring to an audience for whatever reason to kind of almost kind of pull the rug from the audience or really kind of jolt them. Um, so that would be a smash cut. Uh, montage then, um, it's a French word for editing and collections are similar to inserts and cutaways. They're two very sort of similar um, approaches to editing, but there are kind of slight difference. So a collection would normally be, it would be sort of cut together like a montage, but the, the sort of individual shots would be, um, be actions that sort of relate to each other. Um, whereas a montage would, could be more abstract. It could be actually totally unrelated or seemingly unrelated shots or, uh, or concepts that sort of brought together, edited, edited together to sort of create a, a kind of a whole, to create a, a kind of a new idea. Uh, and that's where you know the term that um, sort of greater than the sum of their parts would, would apply. Finally, so uh, yeah, dissolves, fades, and wipes. So that would be that's kind of more of an old-fashioned approach to editing. And it was generally this developed, I suppose, in the early days of cinema, when we weren't as sophisticated in terms of, kind of being an audience. So um, in terms of kind of screen grammar, and I'll I'll kind of mention a bit more about screen grammar on the next slide, but uh, so, uh, so editors would kind of employ tricks to, to indicate a, either kind of a sort of passing of time or kind of flashback. So uh, generally it's kind of temporal approach to editing. And so if you think of, um, so dissolves would be where one shot sort of fades slowly into the other shots. So you have that kind of brief or it could be longer kind of crossover, crossfade. Um, fade would be fading to black or white or, or vice versa. And then a wipe would be, you probably don't see that much at all these days outside of the Star Wars films, really, certainly modern cinema, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. So the wipe would be when one shot either kind of moves across the screen um, horizontally to replace the uh, so shot B would move across to replace shot A, or um, it could move um, vertically down the screen. Okay. So I just kind of alluded to this, so, but screen grammar then is, is really, it's our kind of innate um, understanding of, of what's going on, you know, on, on the screen. 
and it's something that we've just you know we've we've learned kind of unknowingly just sort of growing up watching films and and as I said that's I mean editing is, is evolving constantly and it's it certainly has since the, the beginning of cinema and as I suppose um, so editing's become more advanced um, so too as, a, as an audience has become more kind of literate and kind of advancing their, their understanding of, of uh, kind of an edited, um, edited sequence. So to give you kind of an example of what I mean by that, just so, so kind of things that, that are so common in editing that we, we just take for granted, you know, we don't even think about, so for instance, you know, if a character so gets in a car and then starts to drive away, next shot we see the car arriving at a totally different location and the characters are getting out well we we don't think that's weird but that's because we're just used to sort of filling in the blanks we know well we assume that the characters have driven to that new location we don't you know we don't think there's any sort of time travels taking place there but that's that's because we've i say we've sort of evolved or our understanding of films evolved as as you know has editing over the last 100 plus years and that kind of wasn't always the case, but as I say, we, as an audience, you know, we're kind of much more sophisticated and we sort of understand those things, um, you know, kind of flashbacks, we sort of get it. And also I mentioned uh, just a famous quote from Hitchcock as well, which um, approaching or kind of thinking about editing, which is that really, you know, the plot is, you know, unlike the story, the plot is, is really life with the, the boring bits taken out and that's really what you're doing when you're editing a film. So how do you kind of successfully basically connect two seemingly very different shots or disparate shots together and then make that mean something because that's really what you're aiming to do when you're editing. It's not just um, randomly sort of cutting sequences together but you you want to, and I've put there an example of, you know, um, in fact, I've spelled that <laughs> um, slightly wrong, but uh, it should say one plus one equals four. So that's really what you're aiming for, is sort of creating that, you know, um, by cutting shot A and shot B together, you're creating even a, a, some new idea or, or even emotion or theme from, from that cut. And obviously respecting the, as I said earlier, about the mise-en-scene as well. So making sure that those that cut actually works uh, visually and uh, it's not kind of jarring. So one, one way to approach that would be what's known as a graphic match cut. There's other types of match cut which we'll, we'll look at in a minute, but the most common is, is the graphic match cut. And that's literally taking something very visual um, for, from one shot and then matching that to, to something which, which nicely fits in, in this kind of second shot, even though they might be two completely different um, locations or scenes or characters etc so you can do that in a number of ways and so in the examples um, below this I've, I've put some kind of famous examples I, I did mention for your um, for your viewing to, to watch the, the documentary on, on the, the psycho shout scene and how Hitchcock cut that um, Hitchcock uh, cut that together and that's the, probably one of the most famous match cuts where the um, the character in the shower is is well essentially dying and the so the uh, the, the blood's draining down the, the plug hole and then the, the plug hole um, sort of um, fades into uh, the close up of her eye so it's um, a perfectly kind of match matched in shape 
So that's so, so one of the ways you could match um, graphic match would be shape, um, but it could also be kind of action that's taking place. So it might be you know character sort of jumping up um, one location and then sort of jumping down next shot to a different location. For example, it could be sort of frame composition. There's a nice example, uh, another example below, which is from Pulp Fiction, and it's uh, just a, a restaurant scene and the two characters um, talking. And I suppose it's, it's almost a reverse match, really, but if you watch it, you're, it's, it's a conversation between two characters, and um, both, um, so it's cutting between the two shots, and in both shots, the, there's just the one character in profile. But because the, the way it's composed, so, the, so you've got, um, in both shots, you've got um, the, the character kind of taking up sort of half the screen, but then in, the, in this reverse shot, it's um, the characters on the other side. So essentially, you're matching the character from one shot to the, this empty space in the other shot. And it works, we, we don't think anything weird about that. But the only reason it works is because the, the, the eye line is constant and also the, the characters are the same size within the frame. And there's another example below as well, which is from the film Seven Samurai. And it's, it's when they're kind of introducing the, the, um, the samurai um, within the film and they're all kind of running to save the village and it's sort of quick succession, it's cutting to each of the characters. And, and again, we, it, it doesn't look weird or we don't think that's weird, but actually what they're, and it seems kind of natural that they're all kind of running, but actually what they're doing is, is matching um, so on each shot, so, the match, so basically um, each character is composed exactly the same way within the frame. Um, in terms of their action, um, size, um, lighting, colour, so everything. Um, so it just works. And if, if those, so if you imagine those characters have been maybe different sizes or they've been sort of different um, um, kind of locations within that frame, then that would have looked very jarring. But it, they sort of get away with it. It's quite a, um, uh, quite a good little trick, really, that they sort of get away with that. Okay. Um, another area as well that, that, you know, this can be useful is in flashbacks. So quite often, um, editors use it to sort of take us back um, within the timeline. So, so there, there are other ways to match cuts, so not just graphic match cuts. You could do it by sound. So it could be sound from one, so shot A, um, matching a sound from shot B. Um, could do it with, with subject matter. I was watching um, It the other day, and I noticed at the beginning of the film there's a, there's a shot where it, it's literally the, you're seeing the lambs um, going to kind of the slaughter on the farm, cut to the next shot is, is all the children, I think, leaving their classroom. But it's essentially kind of a match cut. And, you, and that's really kind of an example of a, more, of a metaphorical match cut. Okay. And it can apply, um, can apply to um, spatial and temporal approach as well. One of the, um, the, the sort of final example I'll put below is from 2001, possibly the most famous match cut, but where the um, the ape is um, throwing the, the bone up into the air and it, it just in sort of mid-flight it cuts to the, the, um, the, the, the spaceship which is I think sort of a military space, spaceship so it's yeah so it's not only a, a graphic match cut um, and matching on action as well um, but it's also kind of metaphorical um, because it's, it's basically it's, it's, it's cutting together the or it's matching the really sort of the pinnacle in terms of I suppose weapon technology within within two very different um, uh, sort of periods in time. So, 
Okay, so um, other forms of juxtaposition we looked at next. So spatial would be one, temporal, emotional, um, could be intellectual, and then rhythmic. So we'll just have a look at kind of those in turn. So spatial relationships then between um, two cuts. I guess one of the most common would be an establishing shot. And, and again, it's one of those things we don't really think about because we're so ingrained um, within screen, with that kind of understanding of screen grammar. But if you think of, um, I think television is probably, it's used a lot more. Certainly sitcoms use this a lot. But you, you generally, you see the um, exterior shot of a building or a location sets the scene and then we go inside. So, you know, often you'll see the whole of the building or kind of an apartment block. Um, just for one brief um, shot, and then we're we're kind of within the um, kind of the interior sets, so kind of an establishing shot. And um, but it is an important thing to think about when you're you're making a film, is is those spatial relationships, and because in the way that you want to obviously an audience to have kind of understand the editing, but you also want the audience to understand the the, the sort of um, I suppose the the logic to to the the locations and how things um, are connected. So, um, I mean, it, it may be that actually you do want to confuse the audience and that, that's fine. So, so maybe you don't want an establishing shot. You want a lot of uh, very close-up shots within, could be different locations or could be um, within one location. But essentially, you know, if, if that's not what you're going for and you do want kind of a logic to it, then just thinking about how, how you sort of relate shots and, and how that would sort of build up a, a, an idea of this location in the audience's mind. So you might go for a bit of a top-down approach and that's really what, what you'd be doing with establishing shots. You're seeing the whole and then you see sort of bits of the inside um, just to kind of help the audience, okay? So um, cross-cutting as well is, is, is one way and, and there's an example I put below from, actually there's a couple of examples. There's one particularly from The, the Godfather which is nice one of the, one of the final scenes from the godfather but it's a nice scene of of how cross-cutting between locations again this idea of the you know the um the, the sum e equaling more than the um the parts so it, it's it's a it's a great um example of how just you know taken separately though those locations might have quite a different me meaning or, or, or quite a different kind of emotion for the audience but then sort of cutting them together um, kind of one location um, kind of infers sort of more um, emotion or more meaning onto the other location and vice versa and that sort of crisscross criss cutting works works brilliantly and um, and a kind of another concept we thought about then was the, the Kuleshov effect and the Kuleshov effect comes from well there was a person but from the sort of early days of Russian cinema and it was originally it was an experiment so the Kuleshov edited together what was what well, he, he took the, the kind of same shot of um, just to kind of head the shoulders of, of an actor with a very um, kind of impassive expression um, so just um, looking to camera but then he so he intercut that that shot with with different scenes or, or different shots so you would see and then presented that to an audience but but um, but so people would see different versions of that edit so for example you might have um, the, the person, just the, the guy, next shot is um, a bowl of soup. Um, and then another example was the, the guy and uh, Charles Coffin, uh, etc. So, um, so depending on which version the, the audience was seeing, they were inferring 
a different emotion on that um, on the actor even though I say he's very sort of poker face and wasn't really giving much away but if it was um, if it was him and then the, the bowl of soup they, the audience is inferring that he was hungry um, if it was the child's coffin they sort of um, took that as a, a very kind of um, somber um, kind of mourning um, in mourning um, kind of emotion so the, the Kuleshov effect essentially what it's saying is by bringing sort of two shots seemingly very unrelated or disparate shots together one infers something on the other, um, certainly in the audience's mind. Okay, and there's an example below if you just watch the sequence from the birds, and it's a sequence where it's, it's quite early on in the film. In fact, it's the first attack by the, the birds in the film, and they attack a petrol station. And um, Pippi Hedren's character is watching from a restaurant across the street. But it's a good example of how the Kuleshov effect um, works in, in, um, in practice so because there, there's actually there's no establishing shot of those two locations or, or there's not a shot to relate those two locations so actually we don't see the character which uh, Melanie I believe is um, anytime we don't see her in the same shot with the, the petrol station they're not in frame together but the way Hitchcock edited it and, and also um, when we first see Melanie she's in a group and then, and then kind of I think the next shot, we, or we gradually get to just seeing her, just kind of one shot, just her in frame. So it does kind of set, it sets the scene, or it sets the character's position, relationship um, within the restaurant, and then at the beginning. And then, but in terms of the action, or the attack on the, the petrol station, we know that these two locations are, are linked, or they're, they're sort of across the road, just by the, a, from sort of Melanie's reactions, but also her eye line, kind of way she's looking, and, and the way those shots uh, are composed. So, um, so I say, but we don't, we never actually see the two together, and, and presumably the, they were both shot possibly hundreds of miles apart, um, you know, one on location and one in, on a sound stage. But it's just, but we don't, as the, as the audience, we, we don't need all those kind of cues. We, we just get it, and um, we, as I say, we just have this um, kind of understanding. So rhythmic relationships then, it's another approach to editing. And just to start off thinking about that then, if you think, um, and actually there's kind of weird physics to this as well, because the, the longer that a shot lasts, generally, although it's not the case, but it somehow it, it feels that the time um, does pass slower. So it, it sort of it kind of lengthens the scene, or it kind of feels like it can lengthens action. And conversely, very, very kind of fast editing just kind of speeds up the action or, or makes it, it feels like the, the time is, is passing faster. And then, I mean, there's no accident that generally action films are cut a lot faster than, say, drama, say, period drama. And, and also comedies as well would tend to employ a kind of faster editing. And that's also um, because the, if you think about action and, and horror as well, but comedy is working on, on much more of a sort of visceral level, whereas really sort of drama it tends to be more kind of on an intellectual level so you know if you're editing a drama you're, you just need to give the audience that space that sort of time to think about things and kind of interpret things okay whereas um, yeah I mean horror and comedy it's much more on a kind of a I suppose it's kind of a, a like a sort of gut level um, reaction so um, yeah and of course music videos as well would be another good example of, of a kind of a rhythmic approach but uh, repetition as well 
and um, so that could be quite rare. I mean, you wouldn't don't see it very often, but it might be that um, for whatever reason that you actually repeat a, a shot or repeat a sequence, and that kind of um, and that's sort of repeated throughout the throughout the uh, the editing process or, or throughout the um, the sequence, and, and that sort of in itself would. Um, you know, maybe get a, give the sort of the sequence a kind of repetition or kind of a rhythmic um, value. So I just mentioned about so dramas words often kind of have longer shots just um, to give the audience time to to think about things. And in that vein, there is a, an example. It's quite a sort of dark, um, disturbing example, but from below and um, from a film called Ida but I'd just like you to watch that just to because it's a good example how the the shot or the edit seems to last uh, an uncomfortably long length of time and I mean it's I think it's sort of over a minute for, for the, the kind of unedited un, unbroken shot which is, is quite a long time and and the editor could have quite easily broken up that sequence or kind of um, done a sort of jump cut and sort of uh, maybe sort of removed this portion of that sequence, but very deliberately they haven't. And and there's a reason to that. And and really and because I say you, because you're sort of having this conversation with an audience. And so if you're holding on a shot for what starts to feel like kind of an uncomfortable amount of time, well you're you're really sort of daring that audience to to sort of start to look for meaning, starts to look for clues because they know that you've. You know that's not just by accident. You're you're sort of holding on that shot for a reason. And as you watch the, the I say the, the sequence from Ida, I mean the, the character even moves out of frame a, few, a couple of times and then sort of comes back in. But um, so you're kind of I suppose you're yeah. I mean you're really sort of testing an audience. But I say to to um, kind of look for for meaning in that. And obviously at the end we we realise why. But I think if you watch that you'll you'll appreciate that had that been cut. Uh, much shorter, I don't think it would have had this, the same impact. And also, see how it's important. I think without the music, possibly that wouldn't have worked as well, so, so to pull that together. Okay. So think about uh, so temporal relationships as well, so moving on a bit. And so really, um, yeah, so I mentioned, I think I mentioned a couple of times already about flashbacks. So that would be one example of presenting a series of events I mean, out of the you know chronological order. Uh, I mean, it could be flash forwards as well, and um, but also the, uh, the con concept of um, ellipsis as as well. So we, that would I mean, generally it works the way of, of you know uh, making whatever. I mean, this your story. You, I mean, most stories that we you know we're presenting on screen take longer than the you know the, the duration of the film. So most stories um, within a film are longer than say two hours. Um, often much longer. So most of the time, the kind of elliptical approach to editing is condensing, or it's trying to make that whatever that you know that, that time frame is fit within the the film uh, the duration of the film. Uh, but it can work in reverse as well. So sometimes um, you might want to kind of stretch out what happens and make it kind of fit um, uh, kind of more of the film. But no, I mean generally we're I say with its approach is you're, you're condensing rather than um, extending. Uh, another, uh, I'll give you another, I mean, I, I used the sort of car um, example, the character in the car example earlier, but it just as another example then would be, I mean, a good example would be a character you, that you see 
at the bottom of a, a long flight of, of stairs, you see them start sort of walking up the stairs. Well, we don't want to follow them all the way up. We don't want to see that sort of unbroken sequence. So you just, you know, you cut that out in the next shot, you see them um, popping up at sort of the top of the stairs. I mean, it, it might even help in that case to have them, so when they're at the bottom, they sort of walk out of frame. At the top, they sort of walk into frame. But, you know, we, we get that, and that's you know, an example, essentially elliptical editing of, of kind of, um, sort of uh, condensing time. I'd say um, you don't tend to do it the other way um, in terms of kind of uh, extending time. Um, there is an example I can give that would be um, Jackie Chan films, though. And uh, generally, sort of Jackie, because Jackie Chan tends to do his own stunts, and uh, it, when you know within his films, when he's doing those stunts, they quite often get um, replayed, but from from different angles, from different shots. So you see the, the same action, the same stunt several times, just from um, different angles. Okay. So yeah, so elliptical editing then. I've sort of ex explained that already, really, and I've sort of given that example of a, a character walking up the stairs. You could, I mean, you, you could add something sort of extra to that as well, so you, you could make that a little bit more sophisticated. So, for instance, um, character, still the same example, character at the bottom of the stairs, um, they sort of walk, um, start walking up, they sort of walk out of frame. But then you could use a cutaway as well, so you could cut away to um, another location and then cut back, so, you know, some other action, then cut back, and then they progress a lot further. I mean, that might work better, say, if you wanted to, to sort of break up um, a much longer sequence, so maybe it's a character getting onto an aeroplane um, just as it takes off, and then you cut away to something, some action, a different location, come back, and then they're, you know, they're, they're landing at their, wherever their destination is. So. Um, so it's a cutaway can be a nice way, say, to kind of use that elliptical editing. So sound and, and image then, and um, just think about how, um, I mean, we've seen a couple of examples below already, how that soundtrack can, can tie shots together. There is a, there's a term for if, which it, uh, it's a J cut and an L cut, and that, that refers to so within ed in editing, if um, when you've got sort of shot A and shot B, where you're you're you know you're st we're still on shot A, but sound from shot B um, we hear in shot A um, would be a J cut, and then the reverse of that, I've seen L cut. So we we've gone to sh shot B, um, but the sound from shot A uh, kind of lingers with it within shot B. I've put a, an example below from Christopher Nolan's first short film, Doodlebug because uh, it's got some few kind of nice examples in there and it's sort of a very short film so it's very easy to watch. So uh, diegetic sound, need to mention, so diegetic sound is sound that's within the natural environment of the scene, so it's, it's something that you, or it's sound that you would expect to hear, so in that example, say um, Doodlebug, you um, it's use of a, a phone ringing, so that would be one example. Okay. And so cutting to music as well is, is an approach you could take. I, mean, I don't think, I mean, Ed, Edgar Wright's a good example of that, and obviously he loves to, to do that. And again, an uh, example from Baby Driver Below, if you haven't seen it, but I mean, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a great film, but it's in certain, certainly cutting, um, the editing in that film is, is pretty good, pretty um, clever, and uh, it's a nice example below of, of how that action is, is all cut to the track. 